Well, we all know this market moves in streaks, right? We had a six-day winning streak moving into quad, which now we got a two-day losing streak. But have we really gone down? We'll discuss that. Bitcoin on a roll and Bitcoin stocks. Tesla downgrade up two and a half bucks. Tim Quast joins us at 835 to talk market structure. Pre-market prep on a Wednesday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, crew. Let's get this Wednesday kicked off. S&P's down a, just a little bit, five and a quarter, 44.2950. Kind of where it was after the FedEx earnings after the bell. We'll cover that, too. Uh, buck flat, 102.17. Bonds giving back a little bit, down to 127 and 23, 30 seconds. Crude been quiet. Wow. Buck range and crude down a nickel, 71.14. Why own gold when you can own Bitcoin? Gold down 260 in 1945.10. Silver's trying to stay in the 23 handle. That's down 13 cents at 23.10. Uh, and Bitcoin over 29K, up 955, added to yesterday's rally at 29,135. Let's bring in uh, Triple D. Triple D, after hours, you had the FedEx earnings. They bought the dip. What else is on your radar? Uh, quiet. Very calm here. Not a lot of action. Last night, same thing. Just chopping around a two or three point range for the majority of the night. They did hit the S&P off the FedEx, about down five points right away. You can see that's your little red bar. That was the biggest action that we had. Then it just went into consolidation station around flat, and that's it. So it wasn't a lot of action. There's not a lot of news. It's pretty quiet out here. Um, we might as well start with FedEx report yeah. here when we bring in Money Mitch because that is your major report, but very, very, very quiet. All right, let's go to that report. Of course, FedEx coming in here and disappointing after missing revenues expectation, providing weak profit guidance and FedEx stock falling here. UPS also experienced a decline. The disappointing results were driven by the sixth consecutive decline in ground volumes, a 7% slump in volumes in their express unit and a 3% year over year dropping in pricings. These factors combined led to the revenue miss and raised concern about FedEx performance going forward. And I mean, this is an indicator for how the overall economy is doing. You know, packages, obviously, a lot of people buy stuff online. FedEx delivers a lot of those packages. And, you know, when you're seeing volumes start to decline, you start to think, oh, the economy is slowing down. But you've got the stock market telling a completely different story and doesn't believe it and thinks any, you know, thing like this is temporary. So, you know, I don't I don't know what's right and what's wrong here. The stock market is often wrong. People think it's always right. It's often wrong as well. So but it just doesn't care right now. We're at a point where FOMO is driving the bus. Even the FedEx report wasn't great. The numbers and commentary wasn't great. The guidance wasn't great. 
stock was down at one point in 12 or 13 dollars is only down six now so the buy the dip mentality the still the fomo the needing to be in is still there even on disappointing reports so once again fedex um you know it's just a you know it's 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 trading higher than i think it should but this is the market that we're in uh i'll take a little bit of the flip side as far i mean uh well not not being bullish fedex but maybe people are actually getting out and going to the store and buying things right it's not you know we're we're so far past the pandemic people are still buying things but hey going to the store you know for certain things like shoes shoes are hard to buy online but that's just you know it it is a a bellwether for the economy i don't think as much as it you know was in the past um also i'm looking at this stock you know this stock is the same place really that it was in 2019 i mean you went down with the pandemic you came up so it's a little bit of a trading range stock. The only thing that I would have said if we were covering this report after hours is you had a low at fourteen twenty one, and uh, after its last earnings report, it gapped up and came back down, and you hit fourteen sixty seven. So it protect you know the bulls protected that gap for now. Nice bounce off there. I don't know. You just have to look at the top of yesterday's range. It's major resistance now at 230. And I support is sketchy because you traded that low. If you're looking just off the dailies, you had a quad of lows at the 221 and a half, 222 area. So may see that today. But uh, just overall, just um, kind of got to the top of the trading range and people took some profits. We'll and that's we, all we have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll just continue watching to see also if FDX breaks that long-term trend line and if UPS also continues to come down with it, right? And that's one thing that we can keep our eyes out for. Did this lower the bar enough for UPS in, in the future to kind of continue Probably. going higher? Probably. Um, when does UPS report? Do we know that, Mitch? Throw you under the bus here. Yeah, I'm going to take a little peek here. I mean, lovely. FedEx is the end, I think, you know, so, you know, we're really, I know. For yeah, I don't think, I don't think we need to but wait until the, the end, end of the quarter. Is UPS at the beginning of the next quarter? That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, so you're not going to compare apples here. to apples either here. All right. So we're, we're right at the end. We have another two weeks before we start to break into, mm-hmm. obviously, next quarter's earnings here. So FedEx is reporting, you know, they're the, one of the latest ones to report here. We're also going to get KB Homes tonight, um, which it seems like the home builders are firing on all cylinders. I mean, you look at the Toll Brothers report. It was awesome. I, or, or was it Toll or Lennar? Lennar. Lennar. I mean, the home builders firing on all cylinders. They're already bidding KB Homes again, being long stocks out of the reports continues to work um i don't know if it was working with fedex i didn't check the chart on that one but maybe not as much on that one yesterday but the kb homes they've been buying this ahead of the report they were talking about it on fast money last night it's up another 40 cents on a down day here today things just go up ahead of the reports when they're especially the home builder stocks because there's so much expectations that Mm -hmm. they're going to blow it away yeah, KB Homes earnings report is scheduled for tonight. Keep an eye out for their EPS estimate of $1.34, sales estimate of $1.42 billion. Now, one thing I did want to talk about in the home building industry, and I got some data here that we can go ahead and take a look at it. This came from Bloomberg and actually came from a post on Twitter from Liz Ann Saunders from Charles Schwab. Uh, she's the chief investment strategist there. And I thought it was an important one is showing here total multiple 
multifamily units under construction. And you can see that now it's tied for the record set in 1973. I know I'm not building a home. We know that Dennis already built a home. I'm What's building going a shop right here? now, though. So I, <laughs> I do believe, and I said it before, is lumber prices have come down so much that a lot of people just think, oh, home lumber's come down. I'm going to build my home now. It's only you know part of the inputs. All the other things have not come down nearly as much, I can tell you from experience. But lumber has. So if you were sitting back and holding off during COVID and saying, well, I don't want to pay you know, $10 for a two-by-four here, you're back to paying three or four bucks for those two-by-fours. So the time basically has moved to now if you were holding off on those projects. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that you know demand that maybe went away during the COVID period coming back in. So, And then the other argument, which you guys have made before, is you know, people aren't moving. So supply is down. People aren't moving because they're in the special in the US because they're locked into those rates. They yeah, want to lose that yep. three, four or 5% rate, go up to seven or 8%. So they aren't moving. So the supply is down. So there's just not as many homes out there, which continues to drive the bus for the builders as well. So right now, it's it's a really good environment for the builders. That's why they continue to fire on all cylinders. I mean, you think if uh, the way these stocks have reacted in a rising interest rate environment, you would have thought the exact opposite. But as you said, you know, hey, um, I want to move maybe, but oh man, I didn't got work. this incredible rate, right? Yeah, it didn't and, work the way the Fed intended. And, no, you know, not maybe at not all. Just thinking that, hey, you know, when you're locked into these 30-year mortgages at 3 4 or 5%, it's going to slow down supply. It's going to, you know, do different things. And, and it didn't slow down the spending because people just don't move. So they're not as impacted by those rates. I mean, obviously, if you're you know, moving or you're buying a new home, those rates can be you know, a, a factor. But it just didn't work the way the Fed intended. And I don't think they considered all that. Do you use this BLDR at all, Dennis? Like when you trade um, or you no. use the X? No, I don't trade BLDR as much. It's thinner, Joel. Oh, is it? Um, okay. Yeah, it, it, it'll trade. But it's, right. it's not as thick as like the Lennars and the KB homes. I mean, that stock's winding up again though you know we can talk about that <laughs> chart there i mean here's a stock builder first choice trading right at all-time highs i mean this stock has went from 20 dollars during the pandemic to 126 dollars here now you know at a certain point in time is all the good news priced in you know are you you know should you be ringing the register on some of these maybe but that shirts you know in consolidation station for a week and a half and it seems like we were talking about this before, Mitch, on the pre-pre-show on a few charts. Yeah. It seems like when you go into Consolidation Station after an up move, Consolidation Station often resolves to the upside again. It feels like that BLDR is going to resolve upside as well. Yeah, I got a Meritage Home Corporations. Uh, this is the same kind of formation uh, hanging out at the top. We got we looked at KB Homes, Lenardo. report tonight. So obviously yeah. expectations are higher for KB Homes. That's one thing to consider. No, I like being along these stocks into the reports. I don't hold them after that. So I, again, it's a crapshoot. Even sometimes the stock beats and raises. They don't always go up if the expectations are too high. The stock has just run from 45 to 51. So expectations are high. They may just blow it away and it might go higher. But expectations, the bar is high for KB Homes. And uh, just on a quick uh, programming note, uh, at 9 o'clock, I'm going to have Jay McCandless on at Wedbush. He uh, is the analyst for the housing market, and he has been 
basically spot on. Uh, you know, had him on a few months ago, and he was remaining uh, bullish these issues. I'll drop a link in there. So if you want to hear more about the home builders, we can do that at nine o'clock. But uh, let's talk a little. Well, market's leaking here too. I mean, no okay. red alarms here. Just but uh, watch it. But uh, we got to talk Bitcoin here. I mean, it. Uh, you talk about a consolidation. Or something yeah. not going down on bad news. That that's Bitcoin, Mitch. Uh, give us the news on Bitcoin. Yeah, it seems like big institutional names like BlackRock, Citadel, Charles Schwab, Fidelity continue to make waves in the crypto space this week. So take a look at all the catalysts that are coming out here. But something interesting is going on. You're seeing more interest going to the crypto space right now. Wisdom Tree, uh, recent filing for a spot Bitcoin ETF, adding to the excitement now. And of course, we just saw yesterday some of these Bitcoin stocks, the mining stocks, start to take off. Mara, with a great move yesterday, is now the time to be looking for the Bitcoin miners to get a run? Oh, we should have been looking two, three days ago. And I think we talked about <laughs> all did. of these stocks. We talked about Bitcoin and we were saying on this show... We've been calling Bitcoin pretty well. This BITO got down to the 14 air. We talked about this show, rewind it to three days ago. And we were talking about, we pulled back significantly on Bitcoin. NASDAQ's still ripping higher. Eventually, there's yeah. probably going to be a Bitcoin catch-up trade. Well, lo and behold, two days later, you know, BITO goes from 14 to 16. So, and Mara, we talked about this consolidation station here as well. I know JC Bretz was talking about it too. I mean, we consolidate on Mara for the better part of two months. We just resolved to the upside. So, and you know, and there's probably a swing trading lesson here in Mitch is not to have your stops too close because you could get chopped up in those consolidation periods. So you definitely got to, you know, give yourself some room in there. But I mean, that's a clear resolve to the upside. And when you're in bull markets and you often see stocks go up, we just talked about this. And then the consolidation period, they often resolve to the upside afterwards. That's exactly what Mara has just done. Obviously, following Bitcoin, we know our relationships. Bitcoin goes up, Mara likely goes up, which is basically just a leverage play on Bitcoin. Um, Riot, same thing. Hive, obviously, Frank Holmes, good friend of the show. Um, those charts all look the same. Hive was in consolidation station at three. Just like that, two days, 20% move. Riot's so Bitcoin a goes, bit, these things go three times harder. I feel like Riot's a little bit of the laggard here. Um, it hasn't really broken through the trend line uh, compared to, I'd say, like Hut or Mara. So I feel like if there's one that I'm looking at today, I'd be looking at Riot. But that's just my personal opinion of always trying to go for the, the laggard yeah, style move. Uh, what day was it that uh, I pointed out the way that uh, Bitcoin had reacted versus the NASDAQ? Do you remember what day? Because I'd like to dig up that clip. But yeah. I had talked about the, the major decline uh, yeah. in Bitcoin. The separation. Yeah, the separation. It was three days ago, Joel. We had it, this big discussion. Mm -hmm. And you were right to point that out. And that's when we were saying saying eventually yeah, it's going week. to recouple with you know tech stocks going higher and tech stocks being strong eventually bitcoin starts to go the, the, the wild card we said also was the kre if the mm -hmm. kre started to break out over 45 that might not be good news for bitcoin the opposite has occurred banks have started to show weakness here again which mm -hmm. is good news for bitcoin key bank look at key bank k-e-y and i mean we can say you know, the banking crisis, we're past it? Or are we just in a lull? And are we going to have more banks fail eventually? These banks are not rallying out of here. Why is KeyBank, if we are past the banking crisis, why is KeyBank still hanging out here near the lows? 
K-E-Y. This is concerning to me. So, and you know, there's, you know, a lot of reasons to be bullish this market. The banks are not one of them. The banks are a reason to be bearish this market because let's be honest, besides some of the majors, which even some of the majors haven't participated that well with the recent rally. I mean, Morgan Stanley's 86 bucks. It was 100 bucks two months ago. Bank of America sent a 28. It was 36. I mean, and then you just go to the KRE and we couldn't get above that key resistance of 45. And then you go to Key Bank itself and it looks like it wants to break down and fall off a cliff. So that's all good news for Bitcoin, which is how we're tying this in. That's not so great news for, you know, the broad market, though. If we start to lose these banks again, maybe we go back into the tech is safe and everything else is not safe trade. So we're not out of the woods by any means on this banking crisis. Yeah, another another lesson going back to the Bitcoin was you had uh, two negative catalysts. I believe there was uh, last week two exchanges uh, uh, shut down withdrawals. You know, that makes people a little bit nervous. And then, you know, and then you had the SEC uh, that was coming out last week. And, you know, that, you know, SEC coming after Bitcoin more. Right. You know, I guess maybe more regulation could be good, but. You know, once again, it's that, uh, you know, stocks, notness, stocks or commodities not going down on bad news. And conversely, sometimes you hear all the great news and something and it doesn't rally. Sometimes it could be a key that uh, people are using the news flow, you know, for contrarian calls, which uh, we all like to do so much. But uh, uh, any other hive? I haven't looked at hive in a while. How's well? We just did. We just talked hive with Frank Holmes, and I mean, it's breaking out. The same story here. These stocks all Mm -hmm. move together. I pair trade a lot of these things together, relationship based. They do work. I mean, you know how I am. My majority of my trading is based on relationships. So you look at the hive, the riot, the Mara, the MSTR, the coin. If there's no individual company news, which there is a lot of times in some of these stocks, you got to be careful. Um, yeah. you know, they all tend to track together. We'll see what happens to these Bitcoin names and see if Bitcoin can stay strong with that move with the NASDAQ lately. Let's move towards the next stock. We're going to go to Winnebago as their industry's uh, beating here. Q3 EPS estimates, uh, but falling short on sales projection. Is this a kind of company that investors should be looking at in this environment? No, no. I think this, um, I do think that we're going to see a slowdown in the second half. I still think that. I think tech, I think if you're looking at pullbacks to buy, I still think it's tech stocks. I know it sucks to say that, but from what I'm seeing, how the broad market is reacting here, good tweet from Christian Fromm Hertz, you know, of the S&P 500, still a number of stocks that are, you know, significantly red on the year here. So there's been a lot of laggards here. WGO, I feel like, you know, Winnebago, yeah, okay, we're all going to, you know, go in or jump in and buy our Winnebagos, I know. You know, we got J- Jeremy Newsom going across the country and, you know, maybe one of these things, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm, it's not a dip I'm looking for. Again, I'm looking for, yeah. you know, the AI story. I'm looking for, you know, those kind of stocks on dips. I don't see an AI story here. I don't see, I don't see a lot of reason to be all excited about Winnebago. So this is not the dip I'm looking for. Yoda. Man, tough looking chart too, because you just exploded. You had uh, resistance at 60. That was keeping a cap on things, right? And then you had the big old day. Must have been an up day in the market. Uh, got near your February highs, resistance. This is, I mean, if you if you want to take a shot in this thing, it looks like you did. We already let me uh, let me look at the pre market action. 
The only problem, I'm looking under 60 bucks, but the problem is, is there's only one low there. There, you know, there's one low and a couple highs. So if the bulls, the bulls are going to step up here, it will be a meaningful retracement of the last move. You have former resistance. You have one daily low. The problem is if you're playing this 59, 56 to 60 area, you know, where's your next out? You know, under 58. So we'll see what the bulls do. Don't know what the, that's probably not heavily traded in options, but uh, $60 area, haven't hit it yet. Potential area of support. S&Ps are continuing the leak here. We're down nine and a half handles, and it's just been like a steady leak, Dennis. What's uh, what's leading us lower here this morning? I, Microsoft continues. Yeah, we got the tech leak. Microsoft has been a source of weakness here. But what has really happened here in the last hour, and I tweeted about this before, was Tesla was trading up at 278, completely ignoring the downgrade. Tesla has rolled over here now. It is not red yet, but it's just given back three straight dollars here. Um, NVIDIA has turned to the red. NVIDIA is trading up. NVIDIA has been making new highs, ignoring the overall market. It is turned to the red as well. Microsoft, Meta, Google, Apple, all your big guns have turned red. It's tech weakness that is driving the bus, at least here this morning. Does that mean the tech story is over? Does that mean you got to sell all your tech stocks and move on? I don't think so. I think there's underneath demand here on all these stocks, but you know, am I coming in buying the initial dip here after these runs? We have not had a serious pullback. I mean, Tesla is up 110 points in a month. It's yeah. basically up 80% in a month. We need to cool off. Does this mean Tesla's story is over? Does Tesla's road to back to all-time highs still exist? It definitely does. But is that road potentially got some potholes in it? You got to think so. <laughs> you know what? And that's when I would strike is when these stocks hit the potholes. But, you know, the strength in Tesla has been nothing short of incredible. Um, yes, there was some news last night. Yes, I was driving the stock up $4. But then you get the Barclays downgrade this morning. They completely ignore that. Just, you know, don't even care. Again, it was price target raise, you know. So, you know, was it a real downgrade? Not really. Maybe just a little ring the register, but they still raised up the price target. But, I mean, the, the, the move here is nothing short of incredible. The strength is incredible. But at a certain point in time, you got to say, is it too much too fast? What about this is also giving fodder to, and we talk about this a lot, you know, you have your quad witch expiration blow off top, right? Right on the open on Friday. On Microsoft. About, yeah. Well, Mike, and the S&Ps too. The S&Ps and that, you know how all the imbalances were flipping and everything? Well, we talked and, about that, yeah. Yeah. So here you are. Now you're, you know, you're 70 handles off the high. You're 50 handles off the uh, closing high, you know, the closing print, uh, closing high for the move. I mean, so you're given a little fair two-day losing streak, right? This market is streaky. Will it be a three-day losing streak? So, you know, uh, profit-taking, uh, you know, short sellers maybe, you know, getting a little bit active. But as of right now, you really have to respect those levels that you got from the end of last week because, we're getting farther away from them as we speak. And then, you know, Dennis, uh, I alluded this yesterday. When you get to a point in the market where it's easier to identify either support or resistance. When I talked on the show yesterday, I'm like, well, I know where resistance is. I, you know, I know where I would sell this thing. I know where I would like to see the market get back to. But I really didn't have any idea on the downside. Like it's stopping at 11 or 10.50 yesterday. 
I mean, it's just, you know, at that point you're thinking, okay, 4,400, but no, it turned around and hit that and, and rallied back. So just a little bit of a, a pullback here, or is to start more of a, an extended, uh, you know, pullback, which we're needed. So we need to find some good support. And we also got, I mean, Mitch, who, who's speaking today? Like Powell's speaking, who else is speaking that, you know, we're going to get, you know, they come out a little bit hawkish or something, you know, you're going to get some moves. What, what time's Powell speaking? Yeah, be, be on the lookout, right? There's uh, Jerome will be testifying before the House Financial Service Committee, and that starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So somewhere between after that, I would be keeping an eye out. Of course, last time there was kind of like a little bit of a delay, but keep an eye out after 10 a.m. Okay. There could be some Thank whipsaws. You. Also, after the bell, 4 p.m., uh, you do got a uh, Meister that's scheduled to speak, um, and that's after the market, right? That could also have an effect after the close. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's keep moving forward. Let's go to the next topic I want to get us to. I'm going to go to the AMD news today. I did see it mentioned in the chat. Don't worry, chat. We see it out there. We got it all. AMD investing $135 million in expanding adaptive computing research in Ireland. This move could have implications for their future growth. And could AMD finally catch a little bit of a dip? This one was a little bit weaker yesterday. It's been weak. Is this falling off? It's been weak. Well, just too much too fast. I mean, stocks don't go straight up. I'm still long all my shares. Uh, put in the long-term portfolio for a reason that I believe. Longer term, five years from now, Lisa Sue is going to be a major player in AI. Um, so, you know, and I, like I said, I put it like 40% of my kids are ESP. So I'm a big believer in AMD. Um, it doesn't look healthy on the chart here. And we were talking about at 125 to 130 that it's been too much too fast. Short term, it needs a pullback here. You got good support at 116 where you put in a bunch of bottoms there. You take that out, it's then big. you're filling the gap for 110. So, I mean, the technicals set up fairly well to read here. Obviously, any type of headlines can change that narrative in a hurry. That's why we always respect the headlines. Um, but I'd say support at 116, take that out, then 110. Comes back to 110, I'll probably buy more. Yeah, 115.80 on that gap up day. And, uh, you know, it's been volatile. But you just kind of you just kind of felt it the last couple days when NVIDIA just kept on ripping and AMD just seemed a little bit tired. I'm not trying to call top in NVIDIA by any point, but uh, the uh, all-time closing high in NVIDIA, 438.08. And it's been on a 1, 2, 3, 4, huh, well, Five out of six up days in the one down day was uh was fifty cents, sixty cents. So Nvidia is a streaky stock. So when it turns, when and if it ever turns, it it will go down. It will go down two, three, four, five, six days in a row. We just don't know when that losing streak is going to start. It's trading in the red today, right now. Daily support way down yesterday's or yesterday's low down at 426.74. That's actually a good number because you got a pair of lows right there, 26.61 and 26.74. If you're trying to protect profits in Nvidia, keep an eye on that level. That's a that's a good level there. I'm glad I looked at that chart. All right, let's keep moving. I'll bring us to Lazy Boy as they're impressing here. Uh, who's lazy out there? Who has a Lazy Boy? Let me know. Uh, they're impressing Q4 EPS, surpassing estimates, sales beat expectation. However, their Q1 revenue projection is lower than estimated, and they anticipate a specific operating margin range. We'll examine it to see 
future prospects here. Uh, haven't talked about this stock in a long time, and I don't think we'll be talking about it too often. Uh, we're not going to do the lazy boy story, even no. though I think it's been over a year. I don't uh, know. I feel like I did it last quarter. I last quarter? Telling that story. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a good one. It's uh, such a bad stock, though. Like, it's such a it's, good story. It's and gone it's such nowhere. A bad stock. Yeah, this has just gone nowhere, nowhere fast. And if you do go into a slowdown, this stock gets hit. If you go into this tech AI rally, the stock doesn't participate. I see no reason I'm lazy boy. Yep. Uh, 26 uh, was your low back in June. And for you viewers that are new to the show, the headquarters is in Monroe, Michigan. That's where I'm from. And I lived with the grandfather, or my mom wanted me to live with the uh, the grandfather's son uh, at Michigan, uh, Chuck, Chuck Canabush. So, right, next on Lazy Boy, resistance will be at yesterday's low if you get a pop, 27.18. But I really don't think anyone cares. S&Ps, just, it's just a March lower here. We are making new lows on the pre-market session if you think there's support above yesterday's low at 44.10.50, please let me know. Yeah, we'll see if this market continues to leak. I feel like yesterday could have been that little bit of that trick right before they leak it to us. So I'm going to be watching. I, I've been trying to call this turn, but like I said, I've been paying the price to it the, also. The um, biggest problem with trying to call the turn and trying to be bearish in this mm -hmm. tape is that there's so much underneath demand. Yes. That is the biggest problem that the bears face. You know, when we were in consolidation station on the S&P, the underneath demand wasn't there. But now you have people who were short from 4.15 to 4.20. They're like, please come back. Please come back. <laughs> this is the biggest problem. When you have consolidation, and we did on the S&Ps from April to June, we basically didn't go anywhere. Two months. And then, you know, we resolved to the upside. Well, now the biggest issue that you have is that all these people who were positioning short and saying, well, I don't believe this, you know, as the markets pull back, they become buyers. You know, there's people who have been short Tesla all the way up here. They're getting it handed to them. So don't kid yourself, even though short interest might not be that high. There's a lot of people who probably traders who have got this on the wrong side. Yeah. So, you know, there's a reason why, you know, the resent, you know, the NVIDIA, you know, is just so much strength, so much strength. The reason for that is underneath demand, not only from people who have FOMO, but from people who actually are sitting on losses and are short the bloody stock. So every time it pulls back, there's just buyers beneath. That's why trends persist. That's the, you know, the, the, the basically, you know, the, the what's behind it is, you know, is underneath demand here. So we can fight those trends, but it's so much easier not to fight the trends. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen here is when we went in consolidation stations, stocks resolving to the upside. You know, there's a lot of stocks that are in bull markets. Lazy yeah. boy, not in a bull market. Would I be short a lazy boy on a pop? Probably. I like to short weakness, not as much strength. And I mean, this is, you know, why we're short in NVIDIAs and Teslas. They're hard trades. I mean, your Tesla trade yesterday... You know, you can put on any trade as you want, but it stopped you out. And the reason it yeah. stopped you out is that there's just so many people who are bearish and saying doesn't make any sense. Eventually, competition is coming, all the other stuff. And right now, it doesn't matter. The thing's just hot. Plus, uh, money managers that are underinvested, too. You know, they're yeah, all of like, that yeah. adds up. So do you think they're really still underinvested, though? Yeah, they are. I think. I mean, so. with this run in tech, I feel like they, they, I don't they think, had to have I think gotten this in by now. One of the most now. hated rallies. I think there's still a lot of people who are. I'm underinvested. 
I've been calling the rally and I'm underinvested. <laughs> Not massively true. underinvested, true. but I'm underinvested as well. And I'm doing the same thing. You know, when yeah. we get the pullbacks, we have the pull. Look what I did. Airbnb reports by the pullback. AMD, you know, bought the pullback. You know, what was I doing? You know, I was up to 65% cash. I'm 45% cash. I put 20% to work, basically buying dips on stocks that were going down. CRM, AMD, Airbnb, General mm-hmm. Motors, you know, whatever was dipping, you know, that I felt like, you know, still had a pretty good fundamental story, not buying, you know, not buying zombie companies. But, you know, I think we're just in this environment where there is a lot of people who are underinvested. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Elon, you might have made a, a really good decision changing the CEO at Twitter because ever since then, your stock's gone back up. All right, let's yeah, go well, ahead. The, the catalyst for that was uh, the, the, the AI. CNB, well, the, the AI. C, yeah, the CNBC thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was. I think ever since he, he we went away from all that Twitter nonsense, that's. I mean, it did help, and it, de- it definitely didn't hurt him. All right, let's get to uh, another upgrade that I thought was interesting today. BMO's upgrade on Adobe. Let's take a look at that chart. Full disclosure, I am short. Got it short yesterday on Adobe during live trade. We'll see what happens. BMO Capital upgrading Adobe to outperform, announcing 570 Mm. price target. Boom, boom. There you go. Getting hit overnight. Let's see what happens here. Will this come right back down? Find out. Uh, this is a good setup, though, Mitch, because you know some people are like, "Oh, oh boy, do I need this upgrade?" I bought. I thought this thing was going to five fifty. It goes to five eighteen seventy four. That's uh, what do you got? You had like a quick forty point dip back to five hundred. I, I don't know. I, I think you find sellers because it's of that a better trend. setup than the Tesla. Tell us why, and I agree with you, Joel. Because people, because there's there's overhead supply, man. There's yeah, that stock they want out. People. That caught people. Like Jeremy yeah, no Newsom, master of reading those candles. You know, we can read the candles to a certain extent too. Stock opens at the high, buries people on Friday, five eighteen to four ninety four. Boom, oh. down twenty bucks. People chasing, crushed. So I have those people from that day, which was a big volume day because it was also yep. option expiration. There you go. Caught yep. on it too. So now you come back up to 500 and that's resistance. So much different than Tesla, which really didn't sell off at all and participate. So if you look at the two stocks that are the strongest the last couple of days, those were the two stocks that didn't sell off on you know that Friday when all the tech was selling off. So you didn't create that overhead supply. Microsoft created overhead supply. It was an ugly candle. Um, so those are all considerations you know, when you're trying to take these trades. Adobe... I like the setup better here too because you caught all those people. I do feel like you're correct, Joel. I do think you're going to find sellers around 500 if it gets there. I mean, it's it's up six bucks at at, at uh, four ninety two. Yeah, Mitch, keep it. I mean, and it's hard. I mean, four hundred. Yeah. Uh, keep an eye on the pre market high. Uh, pre market high comes in at uh, four ninety five. So. There's a there's one level. I mean, it's a pre market level, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in Adobe. Uh, still, just uh, we better quit talking like semi bearish on the market here because we're S&P. knocking it down. <laughs> <laughs> we control no, the entire S and P on this show now. <laughs> Muscles. You know, I ain't mad at it. But I'll tell you one thing: we can always take a look underneath the hood. That's what we need some to do. Data, of course. Let's go ahead to it. It's not Monday, but guess what? Tim Quas is here. Hit the like. Let's go. Tim.
Tim Quast. All right, let's get it going. It's not Market Structure Mondays. We're going Market Structure Wednesdays. Let's do it. Let's get into the action. Every day is a good day for Market Structure. That's uh, so. Even on Wednesday. Good to see you guys. <laughs> Thanks for good the invitation. Good to have you here, Tim. <laughs> so, okay. uh, Tim, yeah. let's yeah. let's start with macro talk here because yeah. Ooh, we macro. just gave a five-minute argument that not saying the top is in but joel's arguing that there's the potential for options expiration friday to be have been a turning point we often see yeah. this and you alluded to this as well i believe maybe even last time around the show but you've said this before yeah. where you often see on these big option expiration days sometimes there's turning points mm -hmm. the s p definitely had you know uh, uh definitely turned that day at least mm -hmm. you know for from a day trading perspective and we're off about 50 handles on the S&P from where we were Friday morning. Now, do you see, you know, what, what's the market structure say first? And if you want to go to the S&P or the overall market, but what are you seeing yeah. in your metrics? Yeah, well, the, the supply demand balance, if you look at this from a market structure perspective, by which I mean, folks, so if you, you know, you're on Wednesday, like who's this buffoon talking about market structure? And if you've missed uh, me on Mondays, what I mean are the rules and the mechanics of the, the way that the stock market works, which creates demographics, behaviors in the market. The stock market is a store, just like a Walmart, and consumers come into it, and their behavior is mathematically measurable. So that's what I'm saying. So when I, there are different ways. I'm just making sure that we understand that the way that I think of, of you know, a supply or demand imbalance may differ from, from somebody else's view. Uh, by the way, here's Adobe. You were talking about Adobe. Yeah. And Adobe was in our momentum portfolio a couple of days ago. It dropped out only because it's at 51% short. And we like to set that level just a, a little bit lower. And I'm, I'm going to come to the big picture here. But it's a great lesson. The supply, supply is short volume, not short interest. There's a data set created in 2010 associated with the implementation of what, what the SEC called Reg SHO Rule 201, the Modified Uptick Rule. And FINRA oversees this data, but it's the supply chain of the stock market. It's a great way to know what the, the market's going to do. Does that level rise or fall? And it has a great effect on the market. But right now, Adobe's pretty good, right? Very tremendous demand. That's that green part of the graph. Yeah. This is closing price. And supply looks good. Uh, it's long in the tooth. If we lose momentum, there may be very little left to gain in Adobe. But right now, this is pretty good. But here's what I mean about the broad market. <clears throat> so this is taking uh, the, the stocks comprising the S&P 500. Uh, and we compare demand. It's an algorithm. It's a 10-point scale for metering, buying and selling by investors and traders. You know, it's a mathematical approach, but it's predicated on the way trades must be handled. That's the key. And so, and then we compare that to SPY, a proxy for the S&P 500. So the gray part, that's S&P 500. There's that peak right at options expirations, those little green uh, rectangles that you see. That's options expirations. And here's demand. Demand has stopped rising. It's well above the red line. There's no indication here that the market's about to fall apart, but it's stopped rising and it's very high. Historically, statistically, whenever that demand algorithm goes above the red line, the market stops rising. It happened back here in April. Um, and what did the market do? Well, it was very flat until supply fell. 
This is what I want to focus on. This is what has carried the market. There's been a tremendous supply deficiency. If I go to buy something and it isn't there, uh, the price is going to go up, right? <laughs> it just is. If there's, if that's what the supply supply chain imbalances do. The interesting thing is it's begun to reverse just barely. We've gone from this incredible fall uh, from the beginning of June right into options expirations, this decline in supply. Now it's beginning to move up. Look, I look at that and say, what's the market likely to do? Well, I don't know, but I would look at that and say the momentum run that we've had may be over. And the last piece of this puzzle, and I'll stop, is we have a momentum portfolio that looks for the characteristics of diverging supply and demand in very liquid stocks. Yesterday, there were 24 components in this portfolio. Today, there are six. Mm. I mean, it's one of the steepest declines in momentum that we've ever seen. Wow. Mean again, it could change. Maybe tomorrow there'll be 15, but we, it, it's a deceleration. Are we seeing a shift here going to value, Tim? Is that what we're seeing? Not really, Mitch, because right next to it is the portfolio that we use to, tra to track value. We call it low volatility stuff that's about half as volatile as the SP 500. During the bank crisis back in March, that's where money went, you know, the Kellogg's, the Hershey's, the Pepsi's, the Cokes and so on. Stuff. Exactly. So it's not showing us a whole lot. Interestingly, remember, Mitch, financials were in momentum. Financials have shifted to low volatility. It's part of the cycle back out. That's how things go. They go, the, you know, they're big stocks that all of a sudden there's a lot of demand for them. They end up in momentum. Then momentum gets consumed and they revert to like a 5.0, I call them, uh, at, at the right in the middle. And now we're back to that with financials. So it's, it's an interesting turn. But I don't, Mitch, see that there's a sudden burst of low volatility demand. It's like demand is diminishing. One little key point here. Look, it's an, an anecdote. But back in March, when the market came under hard pressure, the amount of selling, the volume, there was a five-day period around March options expirations when SPY traded a billion shares. In the same period here at June options expirations, it traded 500 million shares. So half the level. I don't know that that means anything, mm. but remember, the market was falling billion shares, rising 500 million shares. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like maybe... And I don't like to use the term feel. I look at the data and say everything is slowing down. That's what it is. All right. So you, you're clearly saying it. Things slowing down here. Momentum. Some of these stocks falling off of that index. Um, what stocks are showing an edge now? Well, not very many. But if I use this conveniently, Benzinga, June 21. First day of summer, by the way. Longest day of the year. Nice. Uh, yeah. Secret. I gave up my bike ride to come do this with you guys because I like to be out, you know, doing that on these long days of summer. But you guys are important. So, <laughs> so how far do you I bike? I appreciate that. How far do you bike? Well, it depends. But, you know, so if we only have 30 minutes, we do a t We have a 10 mile loop that we do. Uh, if we have a little more Bikes time, it could be could be 25, 30. Yeah. So do you go in the dark uh with uh and take videos on your phone don't even go there <laughs> i had let me make a note joel to give that a try <clears throat> yeah uh so we're not even gonna go there is... he's referring to a video that i put out on the weekend where <laughs> so, i biked through a pitch that. black forest did you, you did were you do you go out at 4 a.m 
not 4 a.m but it was it was late and it was pitch black you go through those forests up here and they are dark at night so i think you're gonna oh i could just bike there's a trail through here i could bike through there if you don't have any source of light it is pitch black it's called losing yourself out black as it is down by the titanic where that sub is but it's black in those forests sounds like discipline dennis on the weekends too yeah i know he has to stop doing that you fall off your bike Blair Witch, Blair Witch it kind Project of a little bit of Blair Witch Dennis Dick on, yeah. version. It could be. You know it. You know it, Tim. Because right? people, there are a bunch of people who don't even know what the Blair Witch Project is. So I just dated myself. But here's, I think so, about it when I go through those dark woods. I think more about the bears. I think more about the bears, recording? though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Blair Witch. Right. There's no bears out there. there. There might be a bear in this market out there. I'll tell you yeah, that. They're waiting. All right. I'm sorry. 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 David O'Donnell. We, we're, we're back down in Denver, but we were in Steamboat yesterday. And, and we you know, took the do dog out on what we call the poop loop in the morning. And one of the dumpsters <laughs> had just been heaved. They're, they're little trash cans that are long. They're pretty oh, heavy. Yeah. And some bear had uh, just shot putted that thing. So they're out there. That's for the sure. The cocaine bears out there. You got to be careful with them. <laughs> so, so to answer your question about, well, what, where are there opportunities? Well, there are always yeah. opportunities. I like to say that the entry matters almost more than the exit to me. You get a good entry using volatility and the stock goes up 2 or 3%. Take that. That is your exit. You could do other things. But look at this supply-demand divergence in the Benzinga June 21 portfolio. What's Only in six that? things. I'll, I'll click through and show you, but that's what you want to find. That's mm -hmm. likely to give you fall in supply, rise in demand, baby. Exactly. I bought I bought uh, uh, Shopify yesterday for mm. for this reason. Um, when it was down a good chunk of its daily volatility, and I'll show you what I mean. So here, there are only six things in it. The weakest one would be Halliburton. I mean, it's a nine, but it's but it it bottomed there. Uh, so it can that deliver gains? Yeah, but it's not as good as CCJ, GitLab, Shopify, Unity a little weaker, Chewy a little weaker, only because look at the supply side, they're, they're, they're higher. But And look at how much Unity moves. That's what I mean by volatility. It so moves. what I love to do, you know, if Shopify is down 2.5% or 2.2%, whoa, if it's got 10 10 out of 10 demand and and pretty and falling supply supply that is falling away from demand that's a huge opportunity and and I was up pretty close to two I kept it and maybe that was a mistake but I, you know I made a fair amount of money in that yesterday doing that and it's a wash rinse repeat process if a stock in the momentum portfolio like this is down half of its volatility just buy that and then you could set your you know your set up set up Set a, a stop and set a limit up, call it 2%, and just take that and wash, rinse, and repeat. And you have done what Citadel does with a longer time frame and a wider gap. They want a tenth of, penny, of a penny. If, if they're willing to give you half of the volatility, the machines are in control, folks. They are. They know more. They consume all the data. They know every supply-demand equation in the market. But if they're willing to seed you 2%, well, you might as well take that. Yeah, it looks great there. And uh, I think the chat said it right. Right now, it seems like we're in the range. And I don't know what happened to my camera there, but we are in the range of the poop loop. It's the poop <laughs> loop like range. That's right. It feels like the poop loop, loop market. You know? Yeah, we are yeah. in that Hashtag right now. Poop so. loop. 
Right. We'll see if we're able to get out of the poop loop. And of course, we'll see <laughs> if the market actually there, There's turns about a thousand Canada geese out there and on, on the beach here this morning. And wow. I'm feeling like it's the poop loop on the beach. <laughs> so, I mean, there's like so many Canada geese. I'm just looking out there right now. It's honestly ridiculous. They the, just hey, passed through the here. The birds, in the bears, they're all waiting to see. Supply demand. There's a hell of a lot of supply <laughs> of Canada geese. Supply. What's that GOOS right. stock? Maybe we gotta short that thing. Well, <laughs> that doesn't look good. They know they know there's a lot of Canada geese out there right now. Well, of course, you guys out there, check out Market Structure Edge if you guys want to check out this data for yourself. You guys see us using it, talking about it. Tim always being able to come on here, talk about the markets. I know that we'll say that Tim is just that smart, but also I think market structure edge helps on that end. Yeah, uh, it's so not always it's good not to have that you. I'm smart. <laughs> it's not that I'm smart, but I but I love you for that, and I'll send the usual payment. Thank Tim, you. It's you such got a good it, point. Before you go, it's all <laughs> yes. about tools, and people, you know, say, "Oh, they think I'm such a smart trader here." I'm just using tools. I'm just using the right tools in the right ways. Yep. You know, like you can give, you know, a hammer and to somebody and then they put a hole in the wall. I mean, so all we are is we we know how to use the tools in the right way. We've just yeah. learned that. We're not smart. We've just learned how to use the tools in the right way. And obviously, you know, you've found your edge looking at, you know, supply demand. I think we look at it, you know, as well and a lot of our strategies as well, too. It's just probably yep. more simplified in your platform. So thanks for bringing us just another tool. Thanks, here. Tim. You got it, guys. Have a great Thank rest you, of the week. Take See care, you. man. Go enjoy that weather. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get back to the markets. Let's take a little bit of a peek. Are we still on the leak, Joel? Did yeah, just uh, leak we caught it. Uh, uh, 1975 is uh, the pre-market low. Really nothing there just because there's nothing there. I talked about 1050 on the downside. I think for the bulls today, I think defending yesterday's low is a good thing. If you defend yesterday's low, then, oh, well, well there's the dip. Um, I missed the dip. We're going back up to 4,500. Uh, on the upside, the bear's got a little edge. I don't know if it's Powell uh, speaking right now or, or what's going on. I did see some negative comments. Uh, for the uh, for the, for the the bulls, uh, I think you got to maybe not close green on the day. But if you could be, like, unchanged, you know, get back some of these losses, have an un unchanged day, I think that'd be a victory for the bulls. I think it's an important day. Can we get follow through here? You know, what happens with our leaders? We have Tesla and NVIDIA. Tesla catches a downgrade here today. Stock is still trading higher in the pre-market. There was some news last night, which had it up $4. It's given back a little bit on this downgrade here. Keep an eye on the leaders, Tesla and NVIDIA. Keep an eye on those. All right, let's go to trade zero and take a look at the gappers. See what's moving. Like always, you guys can check this Find out for leaders. yourself. Get trade zero. All right, let's go look in here. I see Spotify up today, and it looks like Upgraded. it's getting an upgrade from Wolf Research, upgrading to outperform from peer perform. Uh, price increases, growth in advertising should help Spotify grow. Um, and this is according to Wolf's report here. What do you guys think? Spotify going to 159. Is this the kind of stock that I want if I'm thinking potential recession? Yeah, but consolidation station here, chart is, in, Look at is, that is intact. You get a vote of confidence from an analyst here. It's it's Wolf. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not as good as the Goldman, but they still, you know, people are following this. Um, 
the, the market not helping it here today, but it's holding on pretty well. I mean, look at Car yesterday, and we talked about this one here, Joel. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about, you know, I, I said like I don't that like one? Chase, <laughs> but it almost felt like chasing it yesterday at 213. <laughs> it went another $11. Yeah. So yeah. these things, these upgrades, the analysts have a lot of influence right now, especially oh. when they're putting buys out there in a bull market. Yeah. So does this, you know, have the potential it, to make it get up above those highs? I think that's a big level, 160, 63. Can it challenge it? Can it get up over it? Can the market stabilize? Because if the market stabilizes, this thing could break out. Uh, one, you gave that number, 160, 63. What I would, my little folk, my focus would be a little bit lower today, just because it's an upgrade and it's a, you know, a little bit of a weak market. Of course, that can change. The closing high for the move, 159.99. Let's just call it 160. Uh, we'll see if anyone's looking to take profits there. After that, you do have, ooh, in the monthlies too. Oh, let's make uh you can't see it, but on my chart, I, I'm looking on the monthlies here. Yeah. 160's huge. 160? Oh my gosh. It's a five star. Because okay. you got you it's got two level. yeah, two monthly highs there from uh March and April of twenty two. One sixty, folks. You Spotify traders, you keep a really close eye on that. Yeah, I'd be looking for that. Uh, you've gotten above it like two or three times now. So let's see if we can actually hold and close above yep. that 160. We're looking a lot better. Good catch, Mitch. All right, let's keep looking at coin. What about Coinbase? We talked about Mara. We talked about other ones. You see MSTR up here. You see coin. Are these two that you would be looking at? I don't coin know has if I lagged. Can... Yeah, um, I don't know if I can of go out. And all the other stuff that's been going on there. So it's coin too has much lagged issues the for entire me. group. I'd probably, if I was in them, be gravitating to the other ones. Like, I mean, MSTR was in Consolidation Station. It's breaking out. Coin is still in its, like, I, I don't know. It's just not participating as well yeah. as some of the other ones. So I like to buy the relative strength, not the relative weakness. And I think there's, I think that I'd gravitate to some of the other Bitcoin plays as opposed to Coinbase. 50 bucks, huge support in coin, but it's a long ways away from that. I don't think that the news yesterday is really that good for, uh, for Coinbase. If, uh, you know, if some of the uh, big boys are getting in and other exchanges with credible names. So, I don't know. It's been a laggard. It's trading up. Hit 60 bucks in the pre-market. No daily levels to confirm that to be a good level. All right. Uh, looks like there's, uh, I don't know too much about this PCT, but it looks like it was a spinoff from uh, Procter & Gamble Company. Uh, it was Pure Cycles Technology holds a global license to commercialize the only patented solvent-based perfication recycling technology developed by Procter & Gamble. It's getting a nice little jump here as on news here that first commercial scale production at an Ohio facility. I know that doesn't make Joel too happy about Ohio, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, up here to nine dollars starting to get a nice little lift what did they create mitch i, I pure... so it, it's like a recycling kind of chemical kind of facility oh, something okay. like that i i like uh, i'm not gonna, yeah i'd love to see it come back to 850 uh on a pullback i'd be a buyer at 850 but i'm not sure kind of in no man's land here really no daily resistance from where you're trading one daily high, only one to high in the nine handle to keep an eye on. 957 if you're looking for a target on the upside. 
I put it down in the banner below if you want to know a little bit more about the company. Sometimes Thank I catch these companies, and since it was by made by Procter and Gamble, I thought I'd touch it at least. Interesting yeah. company to sure. kind of learn a little bit about. All right, AHI getting a little lift. That's another smaller name that's been rocketing as of late. Be careful out there. I did see news on this one, Advanced Health Intelligence. So just be careful. There's a lot of these kind of smaller names starting to get moves. Just be careful out there. Well, we were talking about this, and you are seeing, you know, some strength in some of these smaller names. I noticed Space the other day, um, you know, had the big move up on the good news, gave it all back, and then rallied it all back up again. There is some underneath demand for some of the beaten down small caps. Mm -hmm. So I'd be somewhat cautious just, you know. (laughs) Look at this space stock ripping off today. ASTS. This this is not my type of stock. You know, I'd I'd rather find something that hasn't gone yet. But I think if you're playing, you know, some of these, you know, stocks that have been in persistent downtrends and they have, you know, a little bit higher short interest, watch that highshortinterest.com. Watch the stocks on that list because some of those are perking up again. Another space stock in the news today, ASTS, uh, Space Mobile confirms 4G capabilities to everyday smartphones directly from space. Uh, So that's news with ASTS. Um, This is also kind of in the space space and really getting a nice little lift there today to 718. It's hard to trade all these things. You know, they're moving this much. It's moving so fast. Yeah, the trade's already been made. It's up 17%. The risk, you got to risk it down to six where it came from yesterday. And, you know, who knows on the upside where it goes. You do have a couple highs in there. I mean, at the 714 area, which is why it's stalling there. But a lot of times, like people naturally will gravitate to what's up 17, 20%, these Mm -hmm. little stocks. They become harder trades at that point because you can't control the risk as well. Like I always look first risk, then reward. When stocks up 18, 20% or 150%, how do I control the risk? That's why it's a no touch for me. Yeah. Now I, I do see a stock here on the down filter going to the downside. Now, if you guys see anything, you guys can definitely call it out. EMPH sure. interesting for me here because I started seeing solar fall off the tape yesterday. Um, of course, the leader is what I first stick to, of course, FSLR. Um, and then you can see how that kind of falling off here. Will solar stocks just fall off a cliff here? It seems like they're falling off here. They have not participated in the recent rally. And ENPH has been a dog for a while. We've talked about this. The earnings gap comes back a little bit, then just sells off again. SEDG has held up a little bit better until yesterday where it started to sell off too. Can in itself is looking like it's near the lows of the move. The relative strength on the solar is absolutely terrible. So, and don't kid yourself, this is all related to oil too. I mean, oil has not done well. Alternative energy, energy in itself has not done well right now. Is that an indicator that we're going to go into a tougher second half? It might be. Um, There's definitely an issue with energy though, both solar and oil. Any comments there? Oh, Joel, you're on mute. That's what I was wondering. I was like, Joel has to have some comments. No, I, I, this is this is a this stock, man. Once it starts going, you know, one one direction, it usually yeah. keeps on going. Gave you a little consolidation, a breakdown. The only level I'll give you on the downside is uh, yesterday's low at one sixty eight thirty. Uh, below that, things kind of open up to the lower one sixty handle, but not not much there to talk about in ENPH. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it for our Trade Zero segment. Like always, you guys can check out Trade Zero's flagship software, Zero Pro, here. Like 
Um, we're going to go ahead and shift right back to the market. We'll wrap it up here with Joel's outlook on the ES. Let's go ahead. Let's pull. Yeah, that up. We're, we're, we're bouncing off the pre-market low. Uh, not not far. 1975. I gave you that low yesterday at uh, from yesterday's low at 10 and a half. So I think it's important for the, the bulls to defend that uh, coming back on the upside. The, the close is going to be important. That was a uh, 3475. Uh, that's right near uh, the weekly swing number for the week. So um, important. I mean, not a not a lot of action yet, but let's see if the bull, as I said, the bulls defend yesterday's low. I'm going to go talk some housing stocks uh, with Jay McCandless uh, from uh, Wedbush. So everyone have a great day. All right. Very, very, very difficult day to call. Sometimes yeah. they're like, oh, I'm feeling heavy or I'm feeling light. I'm feeling <laughs> Like it feels heavy right now. Obviously, we're down 10 handles. A lot of stocks that are in the red. But there's so much potential for buy the dippers to come in here that it's like you're at the crossroads here. So sometimes it's just, you know, there's a time and place to make directional bets. I feel like this is not the place for directional bets here right now because we could go either way. I could see us pulling back into a more serious thing. I will look to the leadership to try to get a feel for whether there's going to be some continue. I mean, Tesla's still trying to hold green. NVIDIA is down here right now. Do they come in and start buying NVIDIA? Keep Tesla and NVIDIA, even if you don't trade them, even if you hate trading Tesla, even if you hate the stocks, Tesla and NVIDIA, keep them on the corner yeah. of your screen because they are indicators for all of your other tech stocks. Those two have been your leaders. They made new highs yesterday. A lot of the other tech did not. Keep an eye on those. Yeah, one thing that I'm noticing too, Dennis, and just this is just my technical outlook, right? Of course, a lot of the times I look at RSI and I try to use that on the daily. So a lot of these stocks are showing what? They're showing negative divergence. What is that? That's when the price action is not matching what the indicator is telling us. The indicator is telling us that RSI is starting to trickle down. And normally you see that turnaround when you start to see price action come down too. So now that we're starting to actually see maybe some red closes, that's something to look for to see if you start seeing that kind of align and getting positive confirmation for the indicator. It seems like RSI is leading right here. Normally, RSI lags the price action. So let's see what happens. Like Dennis says, I kind of agree with him. I've taken some shots here, and I'll tell you right now, it ain't easy. It ain't easy trying to call this turn. If anything, you're going to have to be playing that small little stop out. Maybe you're getting stopped out 100 times before you get the good trade. So Keep that in mind. Is that worth it to you in the risk to reward? And are you going about it in the right ways? I think that's always important because if not, you just get wrecked, right? Like I've been taking some trades, but also trying to take quick profits also on the downside um, with certain shorts. Like I have a Zscaler on that I took some profits yesterday, taking some profits in like XOM, oil names, and using that to try to cover some of these hits, right? Got hit with Tesla and made a nice profit last week. But that's what it's about right now. It seems like we're in that game right now. Will we finally see a whoosh down or a rip up? Because it could still rip up just because things are overbought never means they can't go higher. Powell with lots of comments breaking in here. We're getting a feel of this speech here right now. They're talking about it on CNBC. Um, so those comments are moving the market to a certain extent here. Still talking, obviously, inflation rates, mm -hmm. the labor market. So keep an eye as Powell speaks. There's going to be market moves. Yeah, uh, prepared speech out right now, and that's what came yes, out. Yes, that's so what we're finding right speech. now is the prepared speeches just mm -hmm. came out. And so I'm going to give you guys the link directly to the Federal Reserve here so you guys can check out that testimony. And if this is already released, will it be priced in? I know the algos might have to already have this, so 
We'll see what happens there, Dennis. Have a good one. We'll find out, guys. It's time to go do what we do best. We'll see you. To our trading action. All right, Dennis is out of here. I'm going to bring you guys over, of course, to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, team. We got another great show for you guys. And we got, of course, all access coming up. Let's get into the action. And of course, if you guys haven't joined the book club, now's your chance. Right now, we're going towards a new book. Yes, I said it, a new book. This is the book club that joins every single week on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We have over close to 600 members right now. It's really close, so I'm trying to hop over that hurdle. If you guys want to join the book club and haven't done so already, definitely join. And if you guys want to take a look at the new books that we're going through, Right now, we're talking about market wizards, uh, reminiscence of a stock operator, intermarket analysis, profiting from global market relationships, quality investing, a little bit on fundamentals. We'll find out what book we're going to get into. If you guys want to join, you got to join the book club so I can send you guys a link and you guys can vote for the next book. We'll start that next week, Tuesday. Smash the like button now to get you guys over to live trading. And let's see what we can get into. I got Zunaid, Ryan. Let's see if I can get back into the green today and see what we can find underneath the hood.